Hi guys, it's Hannah. And I'm Cameron. And today we're interviewing Dustin Bulcom about Pride. Yeah! Thanks for having me. Oh, no problem. So Dustin, how long have you been working with Pride? Um, initially with Kelowna Pride, um, I served on the boards back when I was going to UBC Okanagan. So that would have been around 2010 for three years. And then I um, moved about the country being involved with Pride on a national level, as well as in Vancouver when I lived there. Um, and then moving back to Kelowna, uh, I think I've, this is like year six or seven. I'm back. I, I can't even keep track anymore. Um, but I was on the board for three years and then... Um, it became too much as a volunteer position. Then I was contracted as the uh, general manager, which I believe I'm in my th- third or fourth year of doing that now. So it all just blurs together after a while. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a difference between like Vancouver and Kelowna Pride, do you think? Oh, for sure. Vancouver Pride's been around a lot longer. And I mean, pre-COVID, you know, they get 600,000 people that come out to the parade every year, where, I mean, that's more than the population of the whole Okanagan <laughs> Valley. So um, yeah. scale yeah. Is, is is very different. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's been a tourist. It's, you know, part of it is obviously a tourism focus. And in Kelowna, you know, the year before COVID came, you know, we had about 12,000 join us that year for the March and festival. So um, wow. yeah, and I mean, some other, you know, quick notable differences, Vancouver Pride, I think they have four or five full-time staff year round where with Kelowna, we have, there's, well, we have a bookkeeper, myself, it's part-time. And then we have people that help on the social media side. So there's a couple part-time contractors that, that support it, plus a, a working board. So yeah, there's quite a, quite a few differences, mm-hmm. mainly because of the size and the scale of things. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, for our listeners, not everyone knows exactly what the letters for LGBTQ plus mean. So would you be willing to explain yeah, that? Yeah, of course. To them? And I guess I'm going to preface that with saying different groups use different letters. I'd say, you know, the most common mm-hmm. ones are what you mentioned, LGBTQ plus. But with Kelowna Pride, we use LGBTQ plus. Um, right. At one time, I think Toronto Pride had their... Their acronym was like 20 some letters long. Um, and so, you know, we come sometimes joke that wow. it's the alphabet soup, but the letters, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's, I get it. Like people want to feel included with it. Um, and I think that's why it's evolving. So I'll, I'll kind of, I'll quickly chat about what the letters that you mentioned and the main one we use and what, what they stand for. And then I'll, I'll talk very briefly, maybe about um, some of the evolutions and where it's kind of going. Um, so LGBT, Q plus, so the L is for lesbian, G is for gay, B is bisexual, T is for transgender, um, the Q generally stands for queer, and that's what the plus obviously means, you know, the other different, you know, because you got um, uh, intersex, there's pansexual, there's demisexual, there, I mean, there's just a, a very long list. Um, uh, and with Kelowna Pride, we use LGBT2Q+, and the two stands for two-spirit, um, so that we recognize mm-hmm. our um, First Nations friends and Indigenous friends who identify as that. Um, and then the way it's evolving is you're starting to see a bit more um, around GSD and GSRD. And what that stands for is 
Gender, sexuality, and relationship diverse. Um, so it's kind of everything outside of the, you know, the heteronormative, as we call it. So this, you know, the straight cisgender folk, because mm-hmm. um, I find anytime someone identifies as something a little bit different, they kind of get lumped in with the LGBT community and in an effort to try and be more inclusive and not have to necessarily identify each different identity that the GSRD is meant to be more all encompassing in that aspect. That's really cool. I haven't heard that yeah. yet. Yeah, there's a lot that I still haven't heard. And like, I think we're still learning about it too. Yeah, of course. We're always learning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, and society just evolves, right? And people are becoming more open. And, you know, when you don't find necessarily a letter that you easily identify with, that's where people have, you know, started creating um, different identities in that sense. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really good. I think during um, like quarantine, like over the summer, I think a lot more people were like showing their colors and like more coming out, which is really good, like a lot more. Yeah, do you think the pandemic has helped some people come out just by like being in their own space for a while or do you think it's more hurt that aspect of it? Um, I guess it would depend on on the situation that a person's in. Um, You know, for some, it's obviously, it's been a huge, it's been very negative because, you know, there are some people that, you know, they don't live in a safe space where their family accepts them for who they are, or maybe the family doesn't know. So it becomes very difficult um, for them because they're not in a, you know, a space where they can, they can be themselves or, or go, um, you know, I think we're going to probably talk a bit about et cetera group a bit later, but, you know, some people can't go to that anymore and they're stuck at home. It's not always a safe space for them. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely yeah. a challenge of the pandemic in terms of, of the LGBT. And I mean, Actually, it's not even just the LGBT community. It's anyone that's, um, you know, at home that's in when where their home is in a safe space for them to be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And speaking about pride, um, on what days do like pride usually happen? And like, what is it? Like the events that you run? Yeah, exactly. With Kelowna, two years ago, we made the decision to move into June and it was mostly to align with Pride Month, um, which is internationally recognized. Um, you know, each community does pride on different dates. And part of that is so that A, we can support each other, but B, it's also, you know, pride is, you know, there is a tourism aspect to it. Um, so you want to make sure that you draw people in from other communities as well. And so, you know, pre-pandemic, we had moved everything into June. And then last year we bumped it to September because we wanted more time to create pride that we could still have in person, um, while still maintaining all the, the safeties and, and necessary um, procedures that we could have a COVID safe event. And, you know, we did it. We did it. We did it really well. People were thrilled because, you know, there's not much of anything going on right now. So they were actually able to to come out and enjoy pride and um, do it in a safe way. And for this year, the dates are are still up in the air. Um, initially we had planned to go back to June, but I think with the, the delays that we're seeing and things like the vaccine and all of that, we're likely going to continue push it back to September again. Um, so we're still, it's still a little bit up in the air, but I'm fairly confident that everything will be in September this year. Um, last year we went fairly late, but I think we'll, we're going to spread things out over the course of a full month so that we can have a variety of events and it's not, um, Normally we, we cram it into one week and partially the, partially the reason for that is 
you know, the tourism aspect. So people are coming in, you kind of want them to come in for three or four days, not going to have it over four weekends and, you know, expect people to come in every weekend. So, um, but being that, you know, tourism isn't um, really a thing at the moment, we'll, we'll see how we, we, yeah. we spread that out. So, um, I mean, ColonaPride.com is the best place to go to find out all of the, the details as they become available. Definitely. Cool. Um, and for Pride, is there anything that like happens like specifically or is it just anything really? Um, I mean, our core events that we organize as Kelowna Pride, um, because so non-COVID years, you know, we have a march and a festival. Um, there's usually a big dance party the one night. Uh, there's Kelowna's Next Drag Superstar, which is a drag competition that this year will actually be the 10th anniversary of us doing it. Um, normally we have a trans march and social. So we kind of have our, our core events and um, we encourage, you know, community groups to organize their own events as well as, um, um, as like affiliate events. So they're part of Pride Week, but it's not all reliant on the Pride Board and Pride Society to organize everything. So we have kind of our, our you know, our key events. Um, likely what'll happen again this year, because we made some adjustments with COVID, is instead of doing a march, because, you know, to get, the, <coughs> pardon me, to get thousands of people together to march down the street just obviously is not safe. So what yeah. we did this past year, and we'll likely do something similar this year, is we broke up into a couple different parades where we actually had um, a bike one. So we, you know, safely had people biking through downtown Kelowna and all, you know, decorated up. Um, we did a vehicle parade, so everyone was safely inside their vehicles. And then we had planned on doing a water parade, but unfortunately that day was windy, so we had to cancel it. Um, uh, and then, you know, we still managed to have a festival, but we broke it up across two different sites so we could have more people. And we would, you know, we live streamed everything. So people, you know, who couldn't attend for whatever reason could still at least enjoy from the safety of their, their home. So I imagine things mm-hmm. will be very similar that way for this year is that we'll plan for, you know, the 50 person limit that was previously around. And obviously with the hopes that we can expand that. Cool. Um, would you, um, are those events open to youth too, or is it mostly 19 plus? So all the parades and the festivals are open to all ages. Um, mm-hmm. The the drag competition, so that, and that will really depend on where we host it from. So with this past year, we broke it up over three nights. And the first night was at Friends of Dorothy. And so that is a 19 plus venue. But the Friday, Saturday, the secondary set of it, it was um, technically open to all ages. I mean, often we we encourage kind of the 19 plus because of the... um, um, the adult nature of the, you know, the language the queens, the performers use and <laughs> all of that. Um, but technically, yes, it is all ages. And, you know, we try and make as much as possible all ages, but there's just certain aspects that you can't if you want to, you know, in, you know include alcohol or things like that. Right. Would you say it's easier, um, like, to be in the adult pride scene than it is the teenager pride scene as events like play out i mean it depends what it is um and also Mm -hmm. depends you know on what the funding model for the different events are um you know like the festival for example 
Um, that's always been all ages. Uh, you know, we usually have a beer garden. So if there are people who want to go have an adult beverage, they go in a space that's just, it's fenced off. Um, I would say with some of the, the drag events, it is a bit more tricky um, to try and plan them in a um, inclusive way that wouldn't, you know, be, uh, I guess, acceptable for, you know, younger people to be at. Um, but yeah, I mean, we try and make the events as inclusive as possible. Uh, it's just, it's sometimes, yeah, challenging to do that with certain events. Um, and what does pride look like with, like, with all the parades and for like people that don't know what it is? And it's a big, basically it's just a big celebration of, of being who you authentically are. Um, you know, society keeps trying to tell us that we need to do and act a certain way. And we want people to feel comfortable in who they authentically are. And I think there's this false perception out there that the parades, you know, are overly sexualized and people are naked and, you know, sure there's contingents in Vancouver pride where, um, you know, one example is that, you know, the dykes on bikes part of the contingent where it's uh, mostly lesbian or um, female identifying people that are on their motorcycles that are topless. Um, where Kelowna, we, you know, we haven't had any nudity that I can think of and it's, that's not what it's about. Um, and I think sometimes too, people think being nude is about being sexual, which those are two very different things, I think. Um, because, you know, you're accepting your body for what it is and, and those who are participating aren't doing it in a sexual way. It's just about accepting your body. Absolutely. Right. Um, also for pride, how has it like affected the LGBTQ plus community? Um, like in, in what way are you thinking? Um, I think more like the positive way. I mean, pride's all about, you know, again, you know, kind of go back to that accepting who you are. Um, and it's a safe place for people to come out. You know, we get, I mean, even last week, an email came through of, someone i can't remember the exact details but something along the lines of you know someone close to them recently um confided in them that they were transgender and that this person wanted to find resources on um, how to support the other individuals so um you know we, tr we try and provide those those contacts and connections as as best we can um and yeah i mean i know especially the last couple of years as we've seen pride grow um, so two years ago, after we had that hugely successful year where there was, you know, we said like upwards of 12,000 people that joined us is the emails we got flooding in of, of people saying, you know, whether it was their first time coming to pride, how thrilled they were to see something like this happen in Kelowna, um, you know, people who saw it or who it was the first time in Kelowna that were thinking of moving here, but were worried it was too conservative, but then they saw you know, what we were able to do and bring the community together. And they said, okay, you know, Kelowna's not quite what they might have perceived in terms of that, um, you know, conservative approach. Sure, we are maybe a bit more conservative in certain areas in Kelowna, but um, we've, you know, we've evolved a lot in the past 10, 15 years. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then I have two yeah. questions. I'll ask them one at a time. Um, one, what would you say to um a kid who's like trying to come out but 
doesn't feel comfortable yet because they're scared of all the things that could go wrong with coming out. Hmm. What would I say to them? I think the biggest thing, you know, you have to do it when you're ready um, and don't let anyone try and force you to come out. Um, you know, obviously I encourage people to be who they are authentically, but um, I also recognize that um, there's different situations at play in everyone's life. And I guess it's, you know, when you're ready to start talking about it, find those people in your life that, um, you know, that you feel safe sharing these details with. Hopefully you have family that, that is in that situation, but I know not everyone is. Um, and so, you know, whether it's, if you're young and it's, you know, you fit within the et cetera youth group um, age range, that's a great place to, to go and visit. And that's um, put on by the Bridge Youth and Family Services, um, which is a weekly drop-in group on Thursdays. Um, so yeah, you got, you have to, you got to find your, your safe space, um, to do that. Um, you know, the Kelowna pride website has some great resources on it as well from, um, they have some phone numbers on there that you can call if, you know, you, you need that type of support. Um, you know, the, the foundry is another good place that I know has, you know, been working with, um, et cetera, youth group and, and a number of different, um, you know, our gender, gender diverse groups, but. Yeah, that sort of leads into my next question, which was um, places that people can go for support. Yeah. Um, and we, on our Zoom call, you talked about the Foundry and Transparent Okanagan. So if you wanted to explain a little bit more about what that is and where to go. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, Transparent Okanagan, um, was a local group established by some parents of a trans uh, youth. Um, they have a very, very colorful family themselves. And, you know, I miss seeing them all about because we see them obviously at all the events. But, um, you know, they created a group that's really about supporting parents of um, transgender youth or transgender kids, I should say, in general. Um, so, you know, if there's, if anyone... If any parent, you know, needs some help and guidance on how they can support their their youth that are transitioning, the Transparent Group is great. Um, their contact details are available on the Kelowna Pride website. Um, I think it's a bit uh, low-key at the moment because of COVID, but there is um, a group called the Gender Identity Group, and it's all um, trans and non-binary people who are, in essence, supporting each other. Um, so there's that if people are, you know, they need that, um, that support foundry is a good overall resource. You know, they have, um, you know, while they're not LGBT, um, specific, they are very welcoming of, of the LGBT community. Um, there's also P flag, which is, what is it? Parents for, for lesbian and gay folk. I mean, they obviously include transgender, but the P flag was kind of the, the original name and they actually do have a chapter here in Kelowna. They have chapters all over mm -hmm. whether it's Penticton or whatnot. And so that's another support group for parents um, to support, support their kids. Um, I'm trying to think what else there is. I mean, yeah, the Kelowna pride is a pretty decent um, resource page that is available for anyone to have a look at and find links and emails and phone numbers and, and whatnot. Awesome. Yeah. Definitely. And well, we're around like 16 and 17. Some of us are turning 17 soon. And like, personally, I don't know if any of like you guys have been, but I've never been to a pride. 
And I think like, like growing up, I don't like, we never really learned yeah. about it. So like, it all just like, yeah, it like all just like yeah. came down all of a sudden that like, there's like this community of people that I like didn't know about. And like, I grew up like religious too. So, you know, didn't really get to show that too right. often. But as soon as I moved here, it was like, it was amazing. Like just seeing like all these people and everyone's just so accepting. And I think, I think one of our goals is together once like COVID kind of leaves, you know, <laughs> just to, once pride opens up and then we can like all go to pride together as a group. Um, that was, that was bring another question. Um, <laughs> this is like, um, I feel like sex ed in schools, like has only ever taught like, health education to straight people and I wanted to hear like your thoughts on how people could integrate that into our school system slash where people could find resources because people just don't know and it's important that people do yeah um I mean I'm definitely not an expert in this category so um (laughs) take whatever I say with a grain of salt um I don't, and I know I know there's um, SOG one two three the sexual orientation gender identity education curriculum that um, BC schools are meant to incorporate. I don't know enough of it, and if it if it goes down that path at all. Um, but I mean, there's got to be ways in sex ed because I mean, I'm sure it's very different than when I was, you know, your age, and and we were talking about it because um, you know computers were. I mean. Computers were a thing, but it was very uh, <laughs> like two color screens kind of thing and very, very simple. So, um, you know, we didn't have the access to things, you know, to the different resources on the web that, that obviously are available today. So, um, yeah, I think, but, there, but there, there has to be ways to be inclusive. Cause I mean, you know, anat- your, your anatomy and depending on which parts that you have, um, I mean, no matter how you identify, you know, a penis generally operates the same way, whether it's a straight guy or a gay guy or a trans guy that has a penis or, I mean, vice versa, right? In terms of, um, you know, female anatomy parts. So, um, I mean, that part generally operates the same, but perhaps, you know, if if they're talking about, um, especially things like safe sex and in that Mm -hmm. aspect, um, Obviously, there's a few different things depending on on the type of, um, you know, sexual relations that you're having. Um, so, yeah, I think that, I think it's probably about as far as I should go down that path. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, and, but it's it's a very valid, valid question and a valid thought. So I just can't really give you a good, a good answer. And just to wrap things up, we just wanted to end with a little bit of a, I don't know, pizzazz. <laughs> but what are your some of your favorite songs or artists that are part of the LGBTQ plus or support the community? Um, I've always loved, you know, very, um, I guess it's called divas or whatnot. Um, I've been involved. I mean, Cher's obviously <laughs> been a huge one. Um, always loved yes. the music. I've always been quite fond of Celine Dion, obviously Canadian. Um, I know she's done some stuff. Not that she's like an, an out there big advocate for the LGBT community, but I know she's been a part of things for like Montreal Pride and, and has been involved. Um, I mean, I'm listening to a lot more like local in terms of um, 
BC-based or even Western Canada-based LGBT musicians because we created, through my other hat outside of Kelowna Pride with Rebellious Unicorns, we created Cusick, which was a, a live music series specifically focused around um, LGBT musicians. So we listened to a bit more, you know, even this afternoon we're going to sound check with um, a musician out of Vancouver called Matthew Presidente. So we've had him up here a couple times um, for some of our shows and we're looking at working on some virtual stuff with him. It's a couple anyway. Uh, well, you know what? Thank you so much, Dustin, for your time. It was really a pleasure yeah. for us to interview you for our podcast. <laughs> um, but we're just good. I think we're just going to end things right that here. That's great. Well, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you uh, reaching out and also, you know, having a focus specifically around the LGBT community. Mm, of course. Thank you so awesome. much. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you.